Good morning, Grace Design. It is wonderful to be in worship together again this Sunday morning or whenever you happen to be able to listen um, to our worship service today. God bless you and may he bring your heart closer to him in this time. I am going to continue to record worship here as well as streaming worship live Sunday morning at 11 a.m. on the Grace Design Facebook um, web page if you would like to join us there. As we approach Holy Week, I am um, prayerfully researching different options for us to be able to um, join together in worship and commemoration of those times um, without actually joining together physically. Um, if you have ideas about that, please feel free to let me know um, as worship belongs to all of us. Um, otherwise, I will keep you posted as we know more about Holy Week. But rest assured, um, we will celebrate Easter together as a wonderful party that it is um, whenever we join back together in um, corporate worship in the actual building together, um, be that um, even in May. Let us calm our hearts as we come to worship together. When the world is no longer a paradise and we are brought down to size, we, we worship. worship. When the memories of the past linger and conflict becomes a story of life for the future, we, we worship. worship. When the way is more barren than beautiful and the path is more a climb than a stroll, we, we worship. worship. This Lenten season, we have walked through darkness and we have confronted our sin. And, and still, still we, we worship. worship. We, we worship, worship because, because we hope. hope. The world may not understand, or the world may mock our ways. And still, we worship. We, we will exalt you, God, and praise your, your name. Let us pray. Heavenly, Heavenly Father, Father, your Son confronted the powers of darkness that obscure your compassion and love for all creation. Help us to use these days to grow in wisdom and prayer so that we may witness to that saving love proclaimed in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our scripture lesson today um, is one short one that comes out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. While he was at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen. The very first thing I must say today is that I am devastated. We cannot be all be together to hear Dolly sing the beautiful song based upon these verses the alabaster box. While we can, should, and do worship the Lord wherever we are and whomever we are with, 
We are reminded that each part of the body brings something unique and beautiful to the words and sounds of our praise. We are a chorus of voices, a symphony of singing the song of the heavenly court, and I deeply miss being able to hear all of your voices alongside of me and see all the many talents you bring in praise of the Lord. Our scriptures today describe the overwhelmingly beautiful anointing act of the unnamed woman, which occurs in the last days of Jesus's life before the crucifixion. During this anointing, Jesus is in Bethany, a town just a few miles outside of Jerusalem, and he is in the home of one of his friends, a friend whom the scriptures remind us was a leper. Bethany is also where the location of the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. There are quite a few gospel stories that take place in Bethany. It is not just a town. It is the place where many of Jesus' friends live. And so many of the stories of Jesus in Bethany include something like the phrase, while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home. Jesus' home may be in Nazareth, but Bethany serves as a sort of home away from home, a place where he can recline, a friendly shelter in a world of persecution, a place of peace, relaxation, and we can only assume fun for Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The town of Bethany reminds us that Jesus is completely human. He has friends. He has places that feel familiar and comfortable to him. Jesus goes to these places, yes, to be with, serve, and heal his friends. But he also goes to the places he is comfortable. He goes to Bethany to simply share meals, to have conversation, and to recharge from his ministries in the big city. We live in a culture that exalts productivity and looks down upon idle time. Recently, though, I have heard more and more Christian people pointing out that Sabbath and rest are not just commandments. They are gifts from God and part of the salvation process. We can even point to Jesus Christ himself to see how he gets away from the crowds to be by himself. Time and time again in the Gospels, Jesus rests. He naps. He takes a boat away from the town. He goes off into the garden. But the rest which Bethany brings is a different kind of rest. In Bethany, Jesus doesn't just seek to escape from being in the crowd to rest. Instead, Jesus goes to Bethany intentionally to be with his friends and to find rest in the blessing of fellowship. Now, it seems almost cruel to talk about fellowship at such a time as this, when we are so restricted in our movements and our normal human contact is so interrupted. This break from the normal, though, can help us discern what parts of our so-called normal lives are actually worth going back to. You see, we are to model our normal lives, not after whatever standards the world has taught us, but after Jesus Christ himself. And what model of living does Jesus give us? Does he exalt productivity and abhor rest? No. We see here in Bethany and all through Jesus' life, he is intentional with his time and with the places where he spends it. Yes, Jesus does work. 
He has places of ministry, places where he preaches to those who he have never heard the gospel, places even where he and the gospel are unwelcome, yet he goes anyway. Jesus also has times when he does truly need to be alone with the Father, when he rests in the traditional way we talk about through that quiet isolation and reflection. But Jesus has times when he travels to Bethany to enjoy fellowship and to be in holy community as an intentional choice. And this is rest as well. Hopefully, we all have a Bethany a place where we can go to be built up in Christian community, a place where we can be completely ourselves as God made us and be guided as we grow, but not judged. If you don't, now is a wonderful time to consider what you might be missing without a Bethany community and to consider what Jesus himself gained through his time in Bethany. Make a commitment to find a community of your own like Bethany when we return to those so-called normal lives. For the rest of us, those of us who do have a place like Bethany, who are blessed to be in a community, I think now is a good time for us to consider how intentional we are about being in our community. You see, if Bethany is our family or our friends or our church, for most of us, that community is just around. We love them, but they are not the people we go to intentionally. For some of us, Bethany is what's there when the rest of life has been taken care of. But that is not how Jesus interacts with Bethany. Jesus intentionally goes to Bethany both to check up on his friends and to be checked up on. Jesus makes time for fellowship, which builds up the believers. For others of us, it could be the case, though, that Bethany isn't an afterthought. It could be the case that Bethany is the only thought. Our communities, which are our forms of Bethany, are, for some of us, the only place where we spend any time. We so love our family, friends, and church that we do all of our serving, all of our ministry, and all of our fellowship in our community alone. Remember that Jesus intentionally left Bethany as well. Jesus goes into the world, the world which so desperately needs to hear the gospel. Jesus serves strangers and pours himself out onto the world before he comes back to Bethany to be filled up again in fellowship. Now is a wonderful time for us to consider how we normally spend time in our Bethany are we intentional about making a Bethany community of believers? Are we intentional about finding blessed fellowship and rest there? And are we intentional about taking the blessing which we experience in community into a world which does not yet know the gospel? These are all good questions arising just from the very town of Bethany. But of course, there are so many stories that happen in Bethany, and today we read a very particular and a very beautiful one. In our scripture today, a woman, unnamed and undescribed in Mark's gospel, enters the house. Her anonymity keeps the focus on her act and on Jesus. Who she is is not important. All of the reader's attention is focused on the Messiah and the anointing which he receives. 
She both celebrates and prepares him for death. He is both honored and the crucifixion is foreshadowed. The story has much to teach us, which Jesus himself explains in the scriptures that were read today. But what strikes me is the physical action of the woman. This woman literally breaks the jar containing the nard. There's no indication that she daintily cracked the neck of the bottle as if it was designed to be opened that way. She breaks the jar, shattering porcelain, likely getting cuts in her own hands. This would be a messy process, and it would leave the beautiful, expensive nard which honors and prepares Jesus mixed with the broken pieces of her worship, mixed with perhaps her very own blood from the cuts in her hands. This unnamed woman is willing to offer a broken sacrifice to her Christ. One commentary drew a connection from this moment when the woman breaks the jar all the way back in the Gospel of Mark to chapter 2, when a group of friends dug their way through a roof with their bare hands to lower their paralyzed friend down to Jesus for healing. What extent are we willing to go to? What are we willing to break with our bare hands to be in relationship with Jesus? Our worship of Jesus and our pursuit of him are not always neat and tidy. We don't always get to show up Sunday morning at 11 in our Sunday best to worship Christ. Sometimes it's more complicated than that, as we're finding out. What is so striking about this woman in Bethany is the same thing that is so striking about the group of friends who claw their way through a roof. They have no concern for appearances in their worship of Jesus. She is willing to present her broken sacrifice, blood and all, to her Savior. She does so not in the privacy of her own home, where it is socially okay for her to lose her grip and break. She does so in front of everyone. She is so honest about her need for Jesus. One of the hardest parts about being a Christian in a Bethany-type community, where we fellowship with other Christians, is that the world has turned our churches into places of high esteem. We put on our Sunday best and put our best foot forward. We say we do all of this to honor God, which is great, but if we are honest with ourselves and with God, there is a certain pressure in our communities of fellowship to play the part of a good Christian man or woman at least Sunday morning. Our churches ought to be for us, like Bethany is for Jesus, places where we can be filled up. But this is only possible if we can be truly ourselves. In order to experience the full blessing of fellowship, we must bring to that community our full selves, including, my dear brothers and sisters, all of the broken bits. We must have grace with one another, and grace with ourselves as we learn to see broken praises the way God does, as beautiful testimonies to salvation. There are so many things about our normal lives that ought to return when the time comes. But perhaps there are some bits of this so-called normal which are better left behind when we return to the fellowship of believers. Our pretense to have it all together is one of those things we ought to leave behind. What is so wrong about breaking? 
It is in the broken life that some of the most beautiful praises emerge. From a broken jar pours the beautiful nard. Through a broken roof, a man seeks the Savior's healing. While standing in the midst of a broken ship, the Lord pursues Jonah. With the breaking of the bread, the body of Christ, we find our wholeness. So perhaps, just perhaps, God tells us it's okay to be broken. Even in, and perhaps especially in, our communities like Bethany. Perhaps, just perhaps, when the scripture talks about love enduring all things, God really means all things. God intends for us to carry all things to him and to our community of fellowship. Perhaps, just perhaps, it is in the broken clay jars that we find the greatest treasure, their surpassing power belonging to God and not to us. Perhaps, just perhaps, when we allow ourselves to offer broken praise in the midst of the community of believers, we find we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. In the final days of the season of Lent, which has truly taken on a new meaning of fasting and reflection, let us be intentional in how we spend our time, being sure to be fed and uplifted in our Bethany communities, yes, but also to not neglect our ministries to the world or our quiet time with God. Let us give honest testimonies to the power of God, showing off our human brokenness and offering our praises that Christ can still redeem us. And when Easter comes, as it always does, let us carry with us the intentionality of Jesus and the transparency of this unnamed woman, all for the glory of God. Amen. As the church, it is always our duty and our privilege to pray on behalf of the world and ourselves, and now is no different. So we join now in prayer. As we are praying in order to give you time and space to voice those on your own heart to God, after each request, um, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, and you will respond, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we praise you today, pouring out upon your throne all the broken parts of our lives. We give you today our frustrated spirits. We give you today our love of our families. We give you today our worries over finances. We give you today our joy in the spring blossoms. We pour out before you everything we are today, knowing that with you, we are made beautiful, even in our brokenness. We confess that we do not always have grace with the brokenness of ourselves, others, or your world, which you so lo much loved you sent your only son. Forgive us. We pray for forgiveness for where we are too quick to judge one another, or to move from treating someone as a child whom you love to a problem to be solved. Teach us truly to be the church, building one another up. Help us where we fail. 
in this time apart, we are failing to be the church so often because we are learning a new way of being the church. We give you praise for all the ways you are still moving and healing. We thank you for signs of goodness and love all around us. We pray that your holy church would grow in this time, both in numbers and in depth. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. We pray you would teach us how to be a church when we have no building, how to praise you with no instruments, and how to love one another when we cannot draw near. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. We pray for our brothers and sisters who feel so isolated that you might, your mighty spirit would be their great comforter. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We pray for children, cousins, aunts, uncles, or neighbors who find themselves out of work or facing financial need. We ask that you would open our hearts to be generous and give us wisdom to stretch our collective resources in this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We pray for all the first responders, medical staff, and government workers who find themselves and their families tired and tested in new ways. Make us gentle and patient with one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. We pray for the sick of the world that you, the great creator who brought all life into being and who sustains all life, would work in them a mighty healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. We pray for all who grieve in this time, be it the death of a loved one or the loss of our community or the loss of a dream or a job. Help us to find our ultimate peace and joy in you, the never-ending God of love. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our prayer. prayer. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now as a forgiven and reconciled people and to close our time in worship together, let us join in confessing our faith that is contained in the Old and New Testaments through the saying of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.